Hi, I'm Garth Tanner. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm Lee Holdsworth. I'm James Courtney. We're the Forex Angels, and you're listening to the VA Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now here's your host, Craig Revell. We're still a week away from the great race, but a shadow is looming large with new paint schemes, track modifications, and the hotel finally open. We start our build-up to the thousand today as the lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders. Take in the V8 of the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. Testing in Queensland on Monday has set the agenda for the week with Jason Bright jumping into Fabian Coulthard's Wilson Security Racing Falcon prepared by Triple Eight, running it for 10 laps. Speculation is now running wild that Bright might move from Stone Brothers Racing to link up with the licence he currently leases to Paul Cruikshank Motorsport. Triple Eight was also on track along with Jim Beam Racing on Monday at QR. On Tuesday at... Winton Motor Raceway, Brad Jones joined FPR and also Rod Nash Racing. Tony Alberto talked about his season so far. You know, as a team, I think we're, we're starting to get somewhere, but uh, it's definitely a hard road against some of these big outfits, you know. Um, we're very, very small compared to, you know, Triple Eight or something like that. So, um, you know, we'll just keep uh, trying to finish races. That's what we need to do because, you know, history shows if you finish races in the championship, you'll actually finish somewhere. So... When you're DNFing every second race, you know, you're obviously not going to get anywhere, are you? It seems that a successful test by James Moffat in driver evaluation on Tuesday has seen him being linked closer with FPR. Luke Gilden is also on the radar with plenty of interest in him. While Lee Holsworth, who talked to FPR early in the year, now seems to be staying with GRM at least till the end of his contract. Cole Hitchcock from V8 Supercars Australia has told the V8 Insiders that the two-day format for the Phillip Island 300 was an important part of getting the race off the ground. Uh, we're going to Bahrain this year, so we had to find a, uh, another venue and our great relationship with the uh, with the guys from uh, the Phillip Island circuit meant uh, we'll go back to Phillip Island. Hitchcock said that the event is going to be a very fan-friendly affair. We'll make, uh, make it as... Uh, as uh, Best value for me as we can for people to come along, give a give a, you know a little bit more access than perhaps um, uh, they normally would have, and uh, make a good weekend of it. And for V8 Supercars Australia, it'll be added bonuses that they've already been paid by Bahrain not to turn up. Because Bahrain and Abu Dhabi were, were clearly so keen on us doing this doubleheader in the Middle East, um, Bahrain have actually paid their sanction fee for, for 2009. So that, that helps with some of those costs, but not all of them, um, which is why you know we, we need to uh, charge some kind of admission um, over the weekend to, to cover costs of you know opening up the circuit and, and uh, all the necessary staff and all the other things that, that are uh, you know need to happen um, at a race weekend. Um, but you yeah, know it's um, you know it, it's. Uh, it's a great solution, and, and to be honest, as I said earlier, it's, it's a compromise. We need to um, fill the gap for television, and uh, it was impossible for us to have a, 
have a week off under the many uh, contractual obligations we have with television and sponsors and uh, and some of our online partners. So, no, it's going to be a good thing. We'll reduce it to two. The S's gravel trap has been removed from the top of the Mount Panorama circuit, which would reduce the risk of drivers arriving at the dipper breaking point and finding it strewn with gravel. Wilson Security Racing has unveiled their McGrath Foundation livery with the GRM going red and Jack Perkins in white with green bubbles. Teams are going all out to capture the public's attention as we build up to the 1,000km marathon. The early market for the Super Cheap Auto 1000 has been released with three-time champions Craig Lowndes and Jamie Wincup currently leading the punter's choice. They're at $2.60 on the current market with Toll Holden Racing Team at $3, Ford Performance Racing at $4 and Sprint Gas Racing at $6, the only teams in single figures. Jim Beam Racing's out to $10, Jack Daniels Racing at $17 along with Gary Rogers Motorsports. If you want to bet some roughies, well, Triple F Racing, High Tech Oil Racing and Bundaberg Red Racing are all sitting at $751 to one. As I said, everyone's getting on board the Lowndes Wing Cup Express. If you want to back Lowndes and Wing Cup against the field, well, the field's going for $1.45 with Lowndes and Wing Cup at $2.65. If you want to go for Lowndes and Wing Cup head-to-head with Wilton and Garth, then it's Lowndes and Wing Cup, $1.75. Will and Garth, $2.05. Triple eight to finish the race. Well, if they complete the race, that's $1.17 on current markets. But you can bet on if they don't, and that's at $4.75. So the punter's really thinking, or the bookie's really thinking, that Triple Eight is going to complete it. If you want to bet on a winning margin for Team Vodafone, get this one. Do not win the race is at $1.45. Win by two seconds or less is $3.85, whilst winning by two seconds and over is at $4. And you can even have a go at the trifecta at the moment. That is... Triple Eight starts from the pole, wins the race, and completes the fastest lap of the race. That currently pays $7 for everyone invested. Any other result from that is short odds at $1.07. Well, if you don't want to bet on Triple Eight, perhaps you just want to back Ford or Holden. It's Ford favourite at the moment, $1.60 to Holden, $2.30. And that's the news on the V8 Insiders. After the break, Alan Edwards and Richard Crayhill will be along. Then later, Tony Cochran talks about season 2010. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. Hi, I'm David Reynolds from Bundaberg Racing and you're listening to V8 Insiders. Take in the V8 of the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining us this week for the round table is from Motorsport Legends and Big Pond Sport, Alan Edwards. Good evening, Alan. Good evening, Craig. How are you? Not too bad at all. And as we're getting set for Bathurst, well, one man that loves getting to the mountain is Richard Crail. And Richard, I just don't know where to start, but let's go with Speed Week first up, and then we can get your gratuitous plugs out from there. 
Yeah, thanks. We'll, we'll just stick to plugging Speed Week for now. I'll keep that cap on. And who doesn't like going to Bathurst, Craig? I ask you. It would be a very rare character. And uh, looking at the betting, early markets certainly think that the only people that uh, want to get a bet on at the moment is Triple Eight Racing in the news, as the, as the listeners we're hearing. You can bet on just about every combination of Triple Eight you can imagine. Is this a bit narrow-sighted, Richard, for what is, you know, <laughs> a very, very difficult race to win? Um. I don't know about narrow-sighted. I mean, it's perfectly logical that you'd want to put all your money on Triple Eight, wouldn't you, after the success they've had there for the last couple of years. But I think you'd be silly not to look at uh, a couple of the other um, combinations that are shaping up to be pretty good. I mean, look at Phillip Island. I'm sure we'll talk about it more a bit later on, but Triple Eight didn't win that race, by the way. It took them to the last lap to lose it, but um, the Holden Racing Team with with GT and Davo in... um, that lead car looking very, very strong. And, you know, at Bathurst, it's, it's a race of so many variables. It's so long. It's so challenging. So many different things can happen. You just it, It's so hard to put a um, put a bet on. So, you know, I, I reckon if you're going to do some fringe betting, you'd look at perhaps putting some money on DJR on, on Car 17 with um, Stevie J and James Courtney. They could be a, a really good shot. And there's a couple of others in there as well. You know, the Holdsworth, Caruso and couple of others so um yeah I, I don't think it's silly to put money on triple eight but i reckon you can be a, a bit more creative and still have a, a good shot at success alan if you were a betting man who would you throw your money at it we're still a week and a half out but i really can't see the odds changing that much no well, I, I tend to think that um you know betting on Bathurst, as you alluded to at the start is extremely difficult because I think that there's any one of about 12 combinations that, if the cards fell their way, could actually win uh, the race. But, um, you know, if you had to put money on an outsider, again, I've said it before, and Richard's already stolen my thunder a little bit, but the uh, the 17 car, I I really like that one too. And something tells me, I don't know why, but something tells me that... um, FTR are finally going to get one right, and mm. that uh, they might prove to be a bit of a surprise packet uh, at uh, Bathurst this year. I tell you what has some of the markets like I can understand Triple F Racing, and I can understand uh, some of the other teams being at seven hundred and fifty-one dollars to one. But can you believe that Bundaberg Red Racing, with a what three-time World Touring Car Champion? as one of the entrants, a man who has been successful at the mountain previously, along with what is essentially a three-time rookie at the mountain, Dave Reynolds, is also in that same betting frame? Yeah, you get some um, some interesting things with the odds, don't you? And uh, I think that it, it just goes to show that um, even though it's been around for a few years, um, the, the people that are framing the odds for um, motorsport have still probably got a little bit to learn. Yeah, I I agree with that. I I think um, that combination you mentioned there, Craig, the Bundy Bundy Rum racing car, um, while I don't think you'd put money on them to win, they're the kind of car that can pop up inside the top five at the end of the day without any trouble whatsoever. So whether you put money on them for a place or something like that, I I think you... um, you probably have a fair shot at, at getting something out of it. So I, I agree with your comment, Alan. I think most people do have a bit to learn about um, 
motorsport form and um, and betting for a race like this. That's that's really interesting. I wasn't aware that that it was um, like that. Actually, that's that's very interesting. It is, and I, I guess I'm. I don't want to be sounding like I am uh, uh, pro betting and and inviting people out there. And I I did uh, really have a thought about whether I should be giving the market for. Um, uh, giving a market for, uh, you know, just because it has got such uh, connotations, betting, but uh, and, and and social stigma. But I think one of the critical things we should talk about is that we all love motorsport, and we all know motorsport is a, a, a reasonably honest affair. But how can motorsport being bet on? be uh, controlled, you see the racing industry and you see how that whole industry is geared around betting and they have got some very heavy checks and balances. They have very heavy, uh, you know, reviews if something doesn't go right when there's betting on it. Do we need to start saying, hey, if people are going to be betting, if we're going to have so much focus on the betting and the ads for betting on motorsport, do we need to really get that type of stewarding of motorsport just to make sure that there is no uh, there is no opportunity for something to go awry. I think, um, yeah, you, you're probably right that that's, that's the trade-off, that if they are going to take the money um, that's generated, and when I say they, I'm talking generally of the industry, they are going to take that money that is generated through the gambling, then they probably do need to look at a few things like that. And to some extent, that issue came up, I think it was back in, in 98 in, in Formula One with the, um, the whole situation with the Australian Grand Prix that year and, and the team orders and, and what have you. And, it, you know, as any purist would know in motorsport, team orders have been a part of motorsport since day dot, but under a betting scenario, it's something that, that just can't happen so, or shouldn't happen because, you know, it's unfair for the people that may have put money on the number two and... Um, they have to move over for, for the number one, and you know ha- how can that be a, a, a fair betting situation? Richard? Yeah, I, I think that's a very fair point. And, and actually, I was thinking as you were talking before, Craig, your point about um, you know you, you hesitated about mentioning it in the show. If I can touch on that, I, I think it's fine to have gambling associated with motorsport in the same way that it's fine to have liquor advertising. Uh, associated with motorsport, and there's probably a bit of a stigma about that as well. But uh, on Jim Beam and Jack Daniels, amongst others, put a lot of emphasis on their responsible drinking campaigns in association with their motorsport. And I think as long as gambling and or betting and motorsport is promoted responsibly and people are aware that it can be an issue for some people, I don't think there's an issue with that. As for the other side of the equation, I, I think Alan's spot on. I, I really probably can't add too much more to that. I, I think that's a, a very, very fair comment. Now, there is a few other odds that are being framed here which are quite interesting. You can bet on the first retirement of the race. Now, interestingly enough, in the United States, in NASCAR, which we always draw a lot of parallels to, in NASCAR at the moment, they've got a situation where they've got what they call start and park drivers who are just qualifying for the race. And because to qualify for the race, last pay, place pays, you know, well in excess of uh, $50,000, $60,000 for a NASCAR race. 
you know, if you can just qualify the car in, you start the race, you collect your money at the uh, at the payout window at the end of the day, and you know you've got quite a nice little earner. Some of the teams are turning up without even a pit crew; they are just there to qualify and get the money for starting last or for finishing last. In this case, is is this a, a danger? That's happening in America because of the economic crisis more so than anything else, but. If we're going to start backing the first retirement of the race, and uh, we've got a few teams out there in Bathurst particularly, and I'm not going to say the, I'm not saying that any team might do it, but we have got a few teams out there that aren't regular racing teams. You could uh, at the moment, for example, there are teams going at eight and nine dollars each for a uh, for the, to be the first retirement. Now, obviously, those backmarker teams can't be uh they wouldn't be backing themselves to win but they could certainly back themselves in to be the first retirement well that, yeah that's certainly something that i hadn't thought of and um i mean the you know we've seen it with um teams that are, are turning up without engines even earlier in the year just to avoid getting the fines to for not starting so i i guess it's um as i said it's something not something that i had thought of but it's something that that could happen. So, I mean, I think the other point too is um, with the betting on the first retirement is when is when is someone when is someone officially retired? Like someone could um, have an engine problem on you know lap twenty, for example, um, evade a first retirement if they happen to, to work on the car for the next couple of hours and then come out at uh, lap one hundred and forty. Um, and there's other cars, of course, that have retired in between. Who's the first retirement? Because officially they're not a retirement anymore. They're back in the race. So that's something else to be considered. Mm. Yeah, I... yeah, good point. I, my um, my view of the world through rose-coloured glasses is that everyone is full of integrity and that would never happen in our sport. But I guess, um, I guess it's a fair point to discuss. I think events of the Singapore Grand Prix 2008 yeah. show us our integrity. Well, well, for some individuals, yeah. But I guess it proves that they do exist and things like that can happen. So, mm-hmm. yeah, interesting. Well, enough about betting. We're going to talk about the build-up to Bathurst right after this break. I hope you'll stay with us. The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, sportradio.com.au or V8X Magazine. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Hi, I'm Will Davison from the Toll Holden Racing Team, and you are listening to the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Alan Edwards from Motorsport Legends, SBS's own Richard Crail. How's that blog going? Uh, Very nicely, thank you, Craig. Yeah, website's doing extraordinarily well. And, of course, uh, that's the Speed Week website. It's all integrated into sbs.com.au. I believe you can get the links. Yes, you can, uh, sbs.com.au forward slash Speed Week, and uh, you can get all the latest motorsport news and a heap of great videos, some of which 
uh, good or bad feature uh, yours truly behind the microphone, but uh, it's good fun. And, of course, Motorsport Legends has got Tim Schenken on the cover, and Tim was quite active last weekend over there at Singapore, Alan. Well, that's right. I mean, Tim's um, he, he's a man that wears a, a number of hats in the, and always has done, really, and has had, I guess, what we call in the magazine a number of different careers, if you like. Um, we, we've actually got him in the next edition of the magazine as well, which comes out in... Uh, in early November, where we're talking about him with his uh, Tiger cars, which was, uh, you know, as those in the know would be well aware of, a, um, a group of um, manufacturer that uh, that Tim started up and uh, and built cars for. So he's certainly done a lot of things throughout, a lot of interesting things throughout his career. Mm. And he will be sitting atop the control tower at Mount Panorama this year, controlling and uh, making sure everything goes off very, very uh, smoothly. In fact, in racing parlances, he'd be a colourful racing identity, wouldn't he? I think that qualifies. Guys, uh, we have had uh, some testing this week, and geez, the cages started to rattle once again in all the uh, all, all the uh, motorsport uh, well, all the motorsport uh, forums because uh, Jason Bright jumped into a triple eight Falcon, of course owned by Paul Crookshank, to uh, put in ten laps, and that's really set the agenda for the week. Yeah, very very interesting. Very interesting news, isn't it, guys? And um, you know, many questions about the future of where Jason Bright's going to be, and whether he'll be in a Triple Eight car next year, or whether he'll take his license to Wilson Security, or whether he'll take back his second license from um, PCR and run it with a two-car Brightec team. While, while we're talking about this, I must um, jump off topic slightly, Craig, and I apologise. But how good? And and this is not strictly as a man who likes pink on his race cars. But how good to the uh, McGrath Foundation Wilson Security Falcons look? Aren't they fantastic? Every photo I've seen so far looks great. But um, yeah. it's a great... Sorry, it's, it's a great um, great thing for the sport, I think. Um, not just to show that they're getting behind such a good cause and you know, motorsport giving back to some charities, but to be associated with a name like Glenn McGrath is no small thing, I think, for the sport and for its image and and general sort of PR factor for motorsport in general, I think, is a, um, a really, really good thing. Yeah, that's pretty much what I was going to say, but I just think it's fantastic that um, they have taken this opportunity for motorsport to, to give back to the wider community. I think that's a fantastic thing. Mm. And it works well too. I mean, obviously, the, the synergies there with Leanne Tander driving and um, you know the, the breast cancer awareness stuff that the McGrath Foundation does, it's, it's sort of all too perfect and You'd be very pleased right now if you're Paul Crookshank because you're getting a lot of coverage, but it's for a great cause. And I think McGrath Foundation should be wrapped with um, the exposure they've already got. And I know that those cars are going to stand out on track at um, at Bathurst as well. So I don't remember too many pink race cars racing uh, in the B1000, so uh, something a bit different. Well, I think uh, Leanne, back in the Toka days, had a had a pink Holden, didn't she, Alan? Or was that... Was... 12-hour race. That was a 12-hour, was it? Yep. Yeah, first no, right. Right. Mm. All right, now, <laughs> back on topic, the Bright-Crookshank uh, link-up, because, uh, Alan, uh, Brighty was sort of uh, putting the toe in the water with Crookshank earlier in the expert to get an FG Falcon. Yeah, that's right. In fact, there's been talk all along, even um, even as early as, as last year, there was there was talk that, um, that Jason 
would end up at some stage with um, or doing some some form of alliance with uh, Crookshank or with or Crookshank Racing. So, you know, I mean, there's, there's definitely some um, history there, even if the history's only been talk, if you like. But uh, who knows uh, what might happen down the track? I, I tend to think that uh, there may be some link up there in the future. Mm. Now, of course, he has got one licence there. It's interesting to find out what's going to happen next year because, in actual fact, he would have to take that licence back, run that himself, and if Paul wanted a second licence next year, he'd have to then lend the other licence because you've got to, you can only have one year not running your licence. And that's why there's been a lot of controversy this year, Alan, with uh, Perkins and what uh, Larry's going to do with his two licences at the end of the year that are being run by Kelly Racing. That's right. It'll be interesting to see exactly how um, how Larry gets around that, and even um, with the uh, the situation with Bryce, it's like you know, it, it it can certainly be done that he takes one license back and runs the other one. But the question that's got to be asked there is is that in the spirit of um, the rules or what, what the rule was created for, and um, are the uh, supercar going to to do anything about it to try and close that loophole, if you like? Mm, it is. It's an interesting one because whilst they've got 28, 29 cars on the track that are all reasonably competitive, I'm not going to say they're all front runners, but they're all reasonably competitive, it's going to be very hard to justify pulling the rug out of a, a team that is trying to do things differently. Well, that's right. I mean, you know, it's, it, this whole um, licence situation often opens up a, a, a can of worms and... Um, how they're all administrated. Mm. Now, six teams were out testing, Richard. What do you reckon a team can learn a week and a half away from the start of the biggest race of the year? Are they making wholesale changes, do you think? Uh, I would think no. I think a lot of it will be system checks, uh, checking Bathurst race engines, making sure they're bedded in, run in before they take them up to the mountain. Um, A a lot of it, too, might be fine-tuning driver and co-driver um, arrangements, I guess, inside the cars. I know that the um, Wilson team, uh, Wilson Security, were playing around with um, Leanne and David Wall in their car and trying to get them seated a little bit more comfortably because um, poor old David Wall um, jumped out of the car at Phillip Island and could barely walk. He was so cramped up because he was squashed into the cockpit and Leanne had to stretch herself out to try and reach the pedals. So um, I think it'll be little things like that, trying to work out um, you know, procedures uh, backup procedures so that you've got a contingency sort of plan covered for every um, everything that comes up during a race like Bathurst. So I think there would have been too much meaningful pounding around the racetrack getting data because there's probably not too much data you can get for Bathurst. I think a lot of it will have been development and um, making sure that everything was um, was was system checked and, and ready to go for the big one. Mm. Well, talking about go, let's gas and go now. Brought to you by the latest edition of V8X Magazine. Gas and go and V8X Magazine. A perfect combination. V8X Magazine's in store now. And Richard, we'll start with you. The Phillip Island 300. What do you think about a second trip to the island? Uh, like it, like Phillip Island. Uh, like the idea that it's a two-day race format. Uh, the only thing I don't like is that it's so soon after the... Um, after the Phillip Island 500, but obviously there's not much they can do about that. But generally, I think it's a, a pretty good place to go. Alan? Uh, yeah, I totally agree. I think that it's a... Um, I mean, it's a situation that was obviously forced upon the eight supercars with the uh, the Bahrain 
um, race not happening this year. And um, I think that it's, uh, it's come out as a, a pretty good solution to the whole thing. Um, it's, if you had to have another race somewhere, apart from going to Eastern Creek, which, you know, I don't think they're going to do because of the whole... Well, or they wouldn't do because of the whole Sydney situation. But um, it's been so... Um, with Sydney being such, you know, that they want to make such a success of the, the whole Homebush thing. They, they don't want another race in Sydney this year. And, you know, Phillip Island is just a, a great place for a race. Mm. Now, Perkins has got a new-look Commodore going up to the mountain this year. Dodo's got smaller, but a betting agency has got a lot bigger. Is the betting money going to be the new alcohol money, which, of course, was the old manufacturer's money, which, of course, had to replace the cigarette money? Well, the money's got to come from somewhere, doesn't it? And um, as I said earlier, I, I don't have an issue with um, gambling money sponsoring cars. Don't have a problem because it means motorsport is funded and there are sponsors in the sport. As long as they push that gambling responsible message, uh, which I'm fairly certain they will do, I have absolutely no problems. And well done to Kelly Racing for... Um, getting another commercial win. They've got some good backers on board this year, and commercially, that team's looking very, very strong. Amy, we... Yeah, oh, sorry, I, I was just going to say, I totally agree. I mean, with, with the whole... Um, even the whole alcohol sponsorship and the, uh, the betting sponsorship, which is an argument for another day, but my opinion on that is if it's legal and it's done tastefully, um, those products should be allowed to advertise. All right, then. Now, we've got... Jamie Winkup heading to the race of champions. How do you think he's going to go against the rest of the world's best, Alan? I actually think he'll do quite well. I'm, um, I, I'm hoping, put it this way, maybe it's more hope than anything, but he, he goes over there and uh, represents Australia really well and uh, surprises a, a few internationals. Richard? Yeah, agree. Um, I think he'll go quite well. He strikes me as a pretty adaptable kind of racing driver, so I don't think um, he'll have any real dramas sort of working out how all the different cars there at Race of Champions work. And wouldn't it be great to, for motorsport in Australia to see a uh, Michael Schumacher, Jamie Wincup final at the Race of Champions and have uh, Jamie to knock off the uh, the world champion? That would be kind of cool. You are a romantic, Richard. Hey, how about this one? We've Brink Gas Racing wants to go to four cars and... Todd Kelly told us a few weeks ago he could go to six because it wouldn't cost that much more. Richard, should V8 supercars allow super teams to have a lot more licences? Um, I think no. I, I think NASCAR have the right idea with that. They've capped it to four cars, and uh, Jack Roush, who runs five, has been given a, uh, an exemption, but he's been told that he has to go back to four cars um, in a short amount of time. I think four should probably be the limit. Um, you know, you've got to keep it um, a fairly widespread amongst a group of different teams, and it makes the sport what it is. So um, I suggest that four cars should probably be the limit. But there's no arguing with Todd's commercial now. There, there's, there's no doubt that adding an extra couple of cars really doesn't add a huge amount to the budget in um, the grand scheme of things. Alan? Yeah, I totally agree that, um, that four should be the limit, especially when we're in a situation, which I think we're going to find ourselves in at the end of this year, where there's going to be a real scramble for licences, even though we're in a, a so-called um, recession at the moment and, and things are supposed to be tough. And, and, you know, there are some people at the lower end of the grid doing it tough. Um, from what I hear, there's certainly going to be a lot of people out there trying to wheel and deal in licences and, and get their hands on one of those uh, 28, 29 licences. So, 
Um, yeah, I think that um, if you had teams that had six licences, that would probably be um, a little bit unfair, if you like. Mm. All right, now finally on Gas and Go for another week, brought to you by VADX Magazine. We have got Murphy and Scaife, the most experienced pair going to the mountain. What chance do you give them, Alan? Um, I actually, well, certainly if they can keep the car together or if the car can stay together, I think they're a, they're a, a real chance for a top five. And um, who knows? I mean, the amount of experience is um, just, you know, mind-boggling um, with that, that combination. The only thing that... Um, that you would ask, and I guess we won't know until we get up to they start practicing on the Thursday and the Friday, and that is um, how fast or how quickly Mark Scaife can get back into the groove. And also, of course, in terms of the race, is as I indicated before, as to whether the car can hang together or not. Mm. I completely and utterly agree with everything you say, Alan. I, I think that's spot on. I sort of remember back to last year and even the year before when those cars were running around in the top three towards the end of the race. I mean, for all the dramas that team has, they seem to unload cars at Mount Panorama and they go quickly, um, such as the uh, intricacies of that racetrack and that place. So I, I have no doubt that they'll be quick there um, and no doubts about the driving combination. Uh, I agree with your thoughts about Scafey, but I, the guy's a pro and he's been around there so many times that... Um, that I think his um, learning curve there will probably be less than at another track because he's he's got so much experience. So, um, yeah, look, top five at the very least, I think, for that crew. Um, and who knows, come the end of lap 161, they could be inside the top three and maybe, possibly, could be um, could be contending for a win. And maybe if you're going to do some betting before Bathurst, maybe you put some money on that car. All right, then. That's Gas and Go for another week. Brought to you by V8X Magazine. Richard, pleasure to catch up with you. What do you got on Speed Week for us this week? Um, quite a lot of stuff, as always, Craig, but uh, lots more stuff from the Shannon's Nationals, which I'm particularly involved with coming up towards the end of the year from Sandown. So plenty coming on. In fact, the Drift Nationals, um, the Drift Australia Championship on this weekend from Oran Park, the last big national race meeting in Oran Park. So uh, check that out from 1pm on Sundays. All right, and Alan, we already gave motorsport legends a plug, so uh, I'll just say you can also order it online through a number of reputable sources. Well, that's right. I mean, we've got some... Keep your, keep your eye on the motorsport legends website, which is just quite simply motorsportlegends.com.au. Um, you'll see in the next uh, week or so, we'll have some real specials up there, particularly as we head towards Christmas and some uh, Christmas gifts for, uh, for people that are into their motorsport. Thanks very much for your time to you both today on the V8 Insiders. After the break, it's the boss of V8X grilling the boss of V8 supercars. Tony Cochran goes head-to-head with Neville Wilkinson on the V8 Insiders. I hope you'll stay with us. To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au. Stay tuned for more. G'day, it's Greg Murphy from the Sprint Gas Racing Team and you're listening to the V8 Insiders. Take in the V8 of the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now.
On this week's White Flag Lap, Neville Wilkinson has a chat with the Executive Chairman of V8 Supercars Australia, Tony Cochran. And when Neville wants to talk money, you know that everyone's listening. You said that Bahrain have paid up for this year and they're going to pay uh, the fee next year. How does that work? You pay twice but you get you once. I mean, you've because, good, but... Well, because it's, it's simple. We... we you know, we had a commitment to go there this year. They had a contractual commitment. They were honouring their contractual commitment. But they wanted a new year, new deal going forward to twin in the Gulf. So, you know, I, I can't suddenly be left high and dry three months out with, uh, you know, potentially um, that kind of hot black hole in my budget. So they've come to you and said, can we move it around? Yeah. So you didn't go to them and say, let's do an Abu Dhabi round. You, they put that to you. You didn't go to them. Put twinning, that. twinning of the Middle East was uh, p- predominantly the good hard work of um, um, Bahrain. Because oh, the perception is that you guys went to them with this idea. Perception is incorrect. Reality kicks in. No, they, they first, the first idea was actually, if I'm going to, I'm just thinking back now, the first concept of this was actually put up at a meeting by the Crown Prince about 12 months ago. So they see a benefit of having two rounds close together in the region like that? Yeah, they think it helps to very much build motorsport in the region. Well, the clash of the titans there. Neville Wilkinson and Tony Cochran. My thanks to Richard Crail and to Alan Edwards as Checkered Flag Waves over this edition of the V8 Insiders. We preview Bathurst next week on the show, so keep smiling and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.